We know that we have to be healthy in the mind. We know that we have to be healthy in the body, but we also have to be healthy in spirit. And self-care is so important, especially in business, because in business we get so wrapped up in achieving the goals and working hard and getting things done. And sometimes we forget about the vehicle that's actually doing these things. And we need to really take that time to have that self-care and fill our cup first so that we can be even better in these things that we do in business and in life. That's the voice of Shannon Smadella. After a successful stint with Cutco Vector in Canada, Shannon went on to become Miss Canada in 2009. The physical transformation she underwent in seeking this crown brought about a far more significant inner transformation as Shannon came to understand that who she is was so much more than just her body and her mind. Shannon has spent most of the past 10 years teaching others about inner beauty, self-care, and inner transformation. She shares her story and her lessons in this thought-provoking conversation. I'm happy to introduce to you all my friend, Shannon Smadella. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome, everyone. I have a really, really special guest today. Her name is Shannon Smadella, and Shannon was uh, part of Vector Cutco in Canada from 2000 to 2006. Much of that time was spent as a district manager in Saskatoon, and ultimately uh, she left the company to pursue various other entrepreneurial interests that she had. Something really unique and cool is that Shannon actually became Miss Canada in 2009. This is after her Cutco Vector career. She pursued that crown, and we'll talk about that today. Shannon has been trained very, very extensively in yogic sciences. She's actually taught over 8,000 classes to students all around the world. And nowadays, uh, she has an online class that teaches technologies for inner well-being. She also hosts a podcast called Dialed In. So I'm really excited to be able to have you here today. It's great to reconnect. Shannon Smadella, thank you so much for making time for the podcast. 
Thanks so much, Dan. It's really nice to reconnect with you as well. It's been, I think, 15 years. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's really nice to be here. Yeah, too long for sure. Well, I'd like for the audience to be able to get to know you a little bit, Shannon. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and your background? Yes, absolutely. Uh, there's so much. <laughs> it's been since 1999, 2000, like you said, since I started with Vector Cut Go. So we're now in 2020. So a lot has happened over those years. Business, I've pretty much stayed in for the past 20 years as an entrepreneur and, and I've worked in corporate and sales and consulting and, and finance and all that kind of stuff. But I've always had a passion to help people. And that kind of morphed into going into, like you said, the yogic sciences and healing and learning, you know, the energy arts and metaphysics and all of that kind of stuff. So I've been doing that for about 15 years. And uh, that includes teaching yoga and traveling the world and just, you know, seeing different places. Like I didn't get enough traveling with Vector and Ketco. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I remember going to to Greece and Hawaii and all over the US and Canada just with Vector, you know. So I think that's actually where I got my uh my taste, my travel bug there and just had to continue <laughs> through <laughs> through the rest of my life. But yeah, I ended up um like you said winning Miss Canada, had a chance to travel again with that. And have also decided to go to acting school. It's full of a whole bunch of different things because I think I have a, a problem of not being able to just pick one thing because you know you might as well do what you want in life and and have fun. Sometimes that just means a whole bunch of different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that gives us a lot to talk about. Why don't we uh, back it up to when you started out with Cutco? Tell us about uh, how you got started. Absolutely. So I grew up in a small town in Manitoba, Cranberry Portage, and wanted to be a doctor, moved to Saskatoon to go to the U of S in medicine. So I was taking pre-medicine and I had finished my first year. And instead of going back home for the summer, I thought, well, let's get a job and, and make some money. And I found Vector Cutco and uh, I was like, okay, let's try this out. I had the only business or sales experience I had was, you know, growing up just selling lemonade on the corner or, you know, doing garage sales and stuff like that. So I went all in and did my first four months of being a rep. And at the end of that summer, my manager decided to go travel across the world. And there was an, actually an opportunity to take over her office. Mm. So four months in, I was running a vector office after being a rep for four months. And that was interesting because I was still going to the University of Saskatchewan full time. So I was running an office full time and I was also going to university full time into my, into my second year. And uh, it was just 
it was probably the most fun I've ever had being able to learn the valuable skills that I did with Vector and just interviewing people and training people and then having them go their first weekend with no experience and, you know, have a homemaker sale and come back and be so excited. And it was a way that I think it's where I fell in love with helping people and seeing people get excited about succeeding. And, uh, and I think that stuck, you know, through everything I've done in business and moving into yoga and, and helping people through energy work and whatnot is just, you know, just, just falling in love with, with helping people and, you know, having them be happy because of what they've learned. So that was the first couple of years. And I think two or three years in, I was at university and I came back from class because I did both. I ran the office and went to university and I was driving back to my office. And in the distance, I saw, I saw um, smoke <laughs> and I laugh about it now, but I wasn't laughing then. And I was like, what? That looks like my building where my office is. And I drove up closer and I was like, there's a fire. There's like, ambu- like ambulance, fire, 911. Everyone's here. What's going on? And I get closer. I'm like, that's my vector office. My office is on fire. (laughs) And this was like one month after I had moved into a new building. So there was so much stuff in there. And I was 21 or 22 and basically didn't have any insurance. And, uh, and I remember calling Angie. She was my, she was the manager for the territory at the time. And I was like, Angie, my, you won't believe this. My office is on fire. <laughs> and she's like, awesome. Your office is on fire. What did you guys sell? How much did you do? Because, you know, if you're in Cutco and Vector, like you're fired up, you know, we're on fire. That's the thing with, with Vector and Cutco. And I'm like, no. But you were really on fire. <laughs> it's really on fire. And she's like, what? I'm like, it's burning down. My office is burning down. <laughs> and she's like, oh. <laughs> So my office burnt down and uh, that was an interesting thing. And it was, it was kind of like a, a blessing in disguise because it took two weeks. I got the office back. We found a new location. We named ourselves the Saskatoon Phoenix, uh, rising from the ashes. Yep. And, and after that, like my vector career, you know, kind of just took off And I remember I took a little bit of time to go train in Calgary and did a sales manager job there with Angie and then came back and three years in a row, president's banquet. Um, there was like Academy of Champions. I was, there's like a, I can't even remember what it's called, but it's like the table where you get to go meet with Al and we just broke every record that Saskatoon had set. And I don't think anyone's broken the records there since. And it was just like, yeah, it was just amazing. And went to Greece, went to Hawaii, Chicago, Arizona, like Florida. I can't even remember all over, all over the place. It was 20, like early, mid 20s, you know, making like lots of money, like six figures, right? And you're like, what do you, what do you do with that kind of money? <laughs> and it was just, yeah, it was just so amazing and, uh, and had a great time and met many wonderful people and trained many wonderful managers that went on to be very successful 
So it was yeah. a, it was a great opportunity. And, and a lot of the skills that I learned with Vector and with Cutco, like they have got me through some amazing, amazing experiences. Like the interviewing skills that I learned with Vector definitely helped me win Miss Canada. <laughs> Mm. Just, you know, being able to speak to people and read people and, and, um, it's helped with media interviews. It's helped with so much and because you're interviewing people and you're talking to people on a daily basis and, uh, and even in working, you know, in corporate business and finance and all of the other things and consulting and coaching and people, even on a spiritual, it was just such valuable experience. So it was quite a journey. All right. That's great. I'm glad to hear that there are so many things you got from your experience that uh, you've used since then and are still using to this day. And uh, really interesting to hear about the office fire. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you said it was a blessing in disguise. And I just think one of the things that, you know, people of refined thinking do is they're able to find uh, the seed of benefit in any situation. And, you know, you certainly ended up finding that and had a great run uh, in your Vector career after that. So. Very cool. So then uh, you left uh, Vector in 2006 to pursue some other things. And uh, this gradually led into you pursuing Miss Canada. Tell us about the journey to becoming Miss Canada in 2009. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely a journey. So I had never really thought of running in any kind of a beauty pageant So it was actually a marketing thing. (laughs) I was in business and I was working with a few charities at the time. One of the charities I was working with was collecting grad dresses for women that couldn't afford to buy their own because we were finding that a lot of girls just weren't going to grad because they didn't have a grad dress. So I was watching the, I think it was like the Miss America pageant or something like that. And I was like, hmm. I bet you that that would be a good platform and more people would listen to what I had to say if I was Miss Canada. (laughs) So, you know, I Googled it, how to apply and then, yeah, applied and got accepted. And then I went into the Miss Saskatchewan pageant, won Miss Saskatchewan, and then went into Miss Canada and won Miss Canada. And it sounds, you know, that obviously I made it sound really easy, but it wasn't, (laughs) you know, there's, there's a lot of work. I had to, you know, do some training for it physically, which was kind of easy for me because I was a wrestler. I wrestled on the University of Saskatchewan Huskies wrestling team. And I only ever did that because when I was a young girl, uh, living in a small town, the best school trips were with a wrestling team. So I remember in like grade five or six, joining the wrestling team <laughs> 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 was just really ended up being really good at it because I was really strong and I was really little and I could like maneuver really quickly. And <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up continuing that into university. And uh, so anyway, I got the training down. I was like, okay, I can train. I'm a wrestler. And, uh, and then the interview part, you know, answering impromptu questions and speaking in public, I was like, well, that's no problem. You know, I did that with Vector for six years. You know, how many interviews did I run a year in training? 
So that, that part was, was easy. And then, um, the evening gown and swimsuit, I had done a little bit of modeling in university because I walked into a mall and they had this like modeling contest running and it was like 25 bucks to enter. And I entered and won and got some free training there. So I was like, okay, I got all of these, you know, areas under control. Let's, let's just give it a try and, and ended up winning. But through that, there was a huge transformation that I made to my body. I did lose like quite a bit of weight. And I also started going through my yogic training at the time. And I remember thinking and seeing this transformation that was happening to my body. And I was thinking, if my body's changing, you know, I'm, I'm still the same person inside. Why should I be respected more and loved more? Mm -hmm. Because I look a little bit differently. And that just really got me thinking. And I'm like, this isn't right. <laughs> as, yeah. as many doors as, you know, the pageant Miss Canada's open for me. It's just like, we shouldn't be treated a certain way or respected more because we look a different way. And that kind of led to my whole platform as Miss Canada was focusing on, you know, what's inside, what's inner, you know, the inner beauty. And I remember in my platform, I had an opportunity to travel all across Canada and even to some places in the US and down in Ecuador. And I was invited into schools to speak to children. And my message was, completely on inner beauty, you know, and I remember telling them, if you have people who like you for these certain reasons, or they don't like you for these certain reasons, then, you know, they're not really your friends anyway. You shouldn't have to be a certain way or change yourself in any way just for people to like you. You know, you're perfectly amazing the way that you are. And, uh, and that was my message when I, when I went to speak to these children. Well, there's a quote that I, I saw on your social media that stood out to me, which is what you really have just referenced. You, you wrote this. It said, uh, one of my greatest inner transformations came about due to an amazing outer transformation. For I understood I am not the body if I can change it. I am not the mind if I can change it. Who I am is so much greater than that. Who you are is so much greater than that. Is that the message that you were sharing with uh, a lot of young people after this experience? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even just before Miss Canada was when I took a deep dive into my yogic training and my spirituality and metaphysics and, and all that. And, and I think the transformation in Miss Canada really helped the spirituality because it helped me go deeper to realize, you know, we, we aren't the body. It's part of who we are. You know, we aren't the mind. The mind is made up of our experiences. It's memory and it kind of in a way in our conditioning and if you really go into the metaphysics of it, like our consciousness, our soul is, is who we are and that's unchanging. And it's so much greater than the body and it's so much greater than the mind. And, uh, and through yoga and through, you know, that transformation that really helped me learn that. And it's helped me get through so many things, like so many challenges and, and whatnot in life as well. Just remembering, you know, that we all are so much greater than, than the body and, and the mind. And we're all connected through that too. 
whether it's apparent to us right now, it's, you know, there's, there's a greater force that, that connects us all. And, and through Miss Canada, through yoga, I was able to kind of take a deep dive into that. Mm, Very cool to hear about that. And then you had a lot of other just transformational adventures after winning this crown, right? Did you, uh, didn't you take a long bicycle trip for charity? Yeah, I don't know where these ideas come from, but I thought that was a good idea. So again, <laughs> uh, so I was at, I was a celebrity ambassador for the American Red Cross in Santa Monica for a while. And I was down at a charity event there. I think it was the first one. I've been to five or six with them and been lucky enough to, you know, sit at the same table, have dinner with Paris Hilton and got to meet Will Smith and Betty White and Dr. Phil and uh, one of my good friends now, uh, David Joyner. He used to play Barney the Dinosaur, you know, met him through there. (laughs) So many great experiences through that. And I was flying back to Canada. My home was in Calgary at that time. So I was going from Los Angeles to Canada and I was like, what can I do for the Red Cross. You know, all these people are doing so many great things. What can I do? And on the radio, I had heard about this person riding their bike across Canada. So I was like, huh, I'll ride my bike from Calgary to Santa Monica. That's a great idea. And I'll do that to raise money. And I had never like rode my bike further than probably 10 kilometers before. And somehow (laughs) in my mind, I'm going to ride it 4,000. So, uh, got back to Calgary, started planning it. And, um, you know, of course with the business background, I was able to do that. No problem. And, uh, arranged a 40 day cycling tour from Canada, Calgary to Santa Monica. Absolutely crazy. Seriously. Don't know how I did it. I remember that I was about maybe 20 kilometers in and I was like, what am I thinking? (laughs) Why did I do this? I'm not even going to make it to the end of today. Never mind Santa Monica, but yeah, we made it. So I ended up recruiting some (laughs) friends to help. There was a Canadian Olympian who I recruited to come along with. And then (laughs) we had two American bobsledders, but they ended up dropping off in Vancouver after we went through the hardest part of the trip, which was the Rocky Mountains. Right. Uh, it took us 10 days to ride over the mountains. It was absolutely crazy. I don't know how we even did it. But If you started in Calgary and went to Vancouver, you literally started with the hardest part right there on day one, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And I I have a friend, I have a friend who rode across the United States and, and she said day one was like by leaps and bounds, it was exponentially the hardest. And it was the same experience as you as like, she totally considered quitting (laughs) on day one, but then every day that went by, it became easier and easier, like to actually wrap your mind around what you were trying to do and keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the hardest part. Not not the physical, it, the mental, because you're riding 10, 12 hours a day. And what do you do with your mind for that many hours? You know, it's like 12 hours of meditation. I do five now and that's a lot, you know, like 12. Is, it was a lot, but um, we raised a lot of money. It was over well, 250 ish thousand dollars that we ended up raising. And then the last leg 
from Malibu to Santa Monica. We had some people come out to join us and I'll never forget this. I grew up watching Saved by the Bell and I was just in love with Zach Morris, Mark Paul Gossler, I think his real name is, and uh, they arranged for him to come out and ride with us on the last day. So definitely wasn't hard to ride that day. And we had, um, you know, some of the other celebrities come out from, and then of course, um, David Joyner, my friend there, Barney the Dinosaur, and we had a few others that came out to join us and celebrate in that last day. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was a experience that I will never repeat, but it was definitely something that uh, was fun and just shows that you can like really do anything that you put your mind to. I know you once wore a burlap dress at the Grammys. What was that about? Yeah, it was another idea that just came and (laughs) I was, so I was scheduled to go to the Grammys and I was sitting and talking with a friend of mine, a producer from Calgary. And uh, I was like, I should make a statement to support my platform on inner beauty. What could I do? (laughs) The Grammys is the place to do it. What should I do? And he was like, well, He's like, Sean, you could just wear a potato sack and you'd look fine. And I was like, potato sack, potato sack, burlap. (gasps) I could wear a dress made out of burlap. So (laughs) I contacted a designer in Calgary and she whipped it up in two days. And, you know, it wasn't supposed to look gorgeous, but it looked absolutely beautiful and ended up wearing that on the red carpet at the Grammys. Yeah. And did it just to support that statement that really, you know, it doesn't matter what we look like on the outside, you know, it's, it's really who we are on the inside that's important. And, and I know some of the media in Canada picked it up and I did a few interviews about it and, and I still have the dress and someday I hope to auction it off for some good charity or organization. There's just so many now that I've supported and helped with it. It would be hard to just pick one. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, that's cool. That's cool. Tell us more about uh, your just the whole platform of inner beauty, the time you spent speaking to children, some of the message that you have on that that you would want other people to hear. I was very lucky to be able to go and work with children and speak with children. And even when I taught yoga, that was my favorite thing <laughs> was just working with the kids because they have such great energy. And I remember even after teaching yoga, I just like, I had so much great energy after just being with them. And uh, when I was Miss Canada, speaking to the children in the school, I was just so amazed at how excited they were just to even hold the crown, you know, or to try on the sash. And I was like, if this brings so much joy, you know, to a child, how can I not do it? So it was something that I did volunteer. And was able to travel to many different schools and speak to children on inner beauty. Uh, when I was in school, I'm sure everyone's experienced bullying, you know, because you look a different way, or maybe you wear different clothes, or you don't have the coolest brand. And and just growing up, I remember being bullied because of the way that I looked and the clothes that I wore, or the clothes that I didn't wear, and. And it's even worse nowadays with children. And I wanted to really speak up against that and remind children that, you know, they don't have to 
wear that certain brand or they don't have to look like that girl on the magazine in order to be accepted in order to be liked or in order to have friends and and really if if those friends want them to look like that or do that thing or wear those clothes those aren't the friends they really want to have anyway <laughs> mm-hmm. you know because they're they're not really true friends so i was able to really just speak with these children openly about this and yeah and kind of do my part to help help bring that message out that's great really cool to hear so now you you have been extensively trained in yogic sciences uh you've learned a lot about uh reiki metaphysics and you teach people about mental and physical well-being I would love if you could share a few of your insights on self-care today. Yeah, absolutely. My background in that goes about 15 years into the yogic sciences and metaphysics and whatnot and helping people on, I guess you could say, a metaphysical level with whole wellness. So we know that we you know, have to be healthy in the mind. We know that we have to be healthy in the body, but we also have to be healthy in spirit and having, you know, a really good spiritual practice has really helped me these past 15 years. And self-care is so important, especially in business. And that's something I had to learn the hard way because in business, we get so wrapped up in achieving the goals and working hard and getting things done. And sometimes we forget about the vehicle that's actually doing these things, the body and the mind. And we need to really take that time to have that self-care and fill our cup first and make sure that we're doing well spiritually, mentally, and physically so that we can be even better in these things that we do in business and in life. And Things just as simple as, you know, making sure you take that time to de-stress first and foremost, like always, I don't go a day without doing meditation for someone just starting out, you know, even five minutes and 10 minutes just to like sit down and be aware of your conscious mind, like be aware of the mind that you can control. So, you know, we have the conscious mind and we have the subconscious mind. And then of course there's being unconscious as well, but with the subconscious mind, that's the, mo- that's the tape player, you know, that plays the, the habits and the memories and the stuff that we don't think about on a daily basis. And that control that, that happens like usually probably between 80 to 95% of the day. And then the 5% is the conscious mind. And that's the part we can actually control. But so many people aren't even in that conscious mind and just sitting down for those five minutes and just like <laughs> thinking and inhale, exhale, you know, you're consciously following that inhale and that exhale does so much for our mental health. And right now in the world, you know, not even including COVID what's happened with that, like we're in a mental health crisis. So just even just taking that time to, you know, inhale and exhale and do that simple conscious meditation helps so much for the well-being. So self-care number one, sit down for five minutes and listen to your breath. Super simple. And then beyond that, you know, just take care of your body in regards to what you put in it because 
in the yogic lineage, the body is, they actually call it the food body because it's made up of what you put in your mouth, what you eat. So if we're eating, you know, bad food and thinking that we're going to be healthy, then, you know, it just, it's not going to happen, right? Some time, some day down the road, it's going to give way. There's going to be some kind of imbalance or ailment that we're going to have to face that we're going to have to deal with. So by eating good foods, you know, that are nourishing the body and, and the prana, our life force energy will definitely give a person more energy, thus make them more successful at, um, at what they're doing in their life. So top two, you know, meditation and then nutrition would be the top two. There's so much more I could talk about, but I'll just leave it at those two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certainly people can uh, follow you in your, on social media and be able to uh, view your online courses. I know you've got online courses. Just a few titles that caught my eye were like the seven states of consciousness, the layers of life. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are just a couple that caught my mind that I could see that people could could take and learn if they wanted to learn more about this stuff from you. I just appreciate the idea that you shared about filling the importance of filling our cup first. If we want to be able to help other people as best as we can perform our roles in life as best as we can. I know the challenge that I experienced that I think a lot of people might relate to is just the idea that there's not an urgency for self-care, you know, today, right? It's like, if I don't take a few minutes to de-stress today, if I, if I don't eat well today, I won't be ill tomorrow, probably. And so there's not this urgency to realize, right, the accumulated effect of every single day, right? And, mm-hmm. and so for me, I find that like exercise, for example, is something that will get put into my schedule. And then when the time comes, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all this other stuff I got to still do. I don't know that I can do this right now. And it'll get postponed. How do you counsel people about getting around that mindset? It's a mindset that has been set, I think, by society for us to put work (laughs) first, but we can't do work if we're not healthy, you know, if we're not sound mind and body. So it's mandatory if we want to be good at what we do, that we have to take care of that. And if we don't, I've worked with so many people and even from my own experience, just pushing too hard you know, working over a hundred hours a week, just wanting to be the the top, you know, the top performer. And then things eventually give out and give way and illness starts to come in. Dis-ease comes in and disease is dis-ease. It's imbalance in the body and you have to like regain that balance. So first of all, don't lose it in the first place. (laughs) You know, try to keep that balance by putting yourself first. And And hopefully, you know, work with an employer or, you know, as an entrepreneur, especially people in Cutco and Vector, you're your own boss, right? So schedule in that time in the morning, ideally is the best before the day even begins and, you know, get your, get your physical, get your mental 
in, I mean, like your mental work. So physical would be like, do some exercise, do some yoga. Physical actually prepares the body to be able to go into meditation. So you do like your yoga, your workout first, and then you'd sit for like meditation, even if it's five, 10 minutes, do your mental work there. Even if it's listening to a guided meditation, if you can't just sit and and instill the mind yet, and then, then you go into your day, right. And make that a routine, something that, okay, I'm going to take care of myself first every day. And then I'm going to go into the day and do the best that I can and be the best that I can be. And then I'm going to wake up the next morning, take care of myself first, and then go through the day. And, and that's a good practice to do every day because, you know, if you don't do that, then it starts to give way and, and, uh, and, you know, you notice the difference in your energy and then you're just playing catch up. Right. Right. You know, always taking care of yourself first. Yeah. That's a, that's a great insight for sure. Don't so, learn it the hard way. <laughs> what about if you know someone you know has this ability to uh, take care of them? That had the habit of taking care of themselves first and taking time to de-stress. But there are others in your life that are contributing stress. What you know, like I, I feel like there's a, a lot of people could probably relate to the idea of being around others, whether it's at home or at work who are constantly stressed and are constantly, you know, feeling urgent about things or getting upset about things. It's hard not to have that affect you if that's around you, right? Oh, absolutely. And you know, it does affect you because those emotions, everything's energy. Mm -hmm. You know, if we, if we like work it down to like the electrons and the protons and the neutrons, (laughs) you know, everything is energy. We learn this in, in, elementary school and physics, right? And that does affect you because that energy that's around you does affect you. So you either have to A, cut that person out of your life. And sometimes that's impossible if it's like a loved one or or a family member. Or B, you get really good at protecting your own energy. And there are certain ways that you can do that energetically, even if it's just mentally visualization is so powerful it's like just even creating a bubble around you as silly as it sounds creating a bubble of positivity around yourself and protection does wonders and knowing that you know okay i'm going into my day my energy is protected i'm feeling great i'm feeling wonderful no one else's energy is going to affect me because guess what it's their energy and they can keep that energy. And, you know, if you're just, you know, you walk into a room and you're around someone who's stressed out or negative, you know, even just visualizing, imagining that energy that they have coming and bouncing off you, (laughs) as silly as it sounds, it works Mm -hmm. and it has great effects. And just knowing that you control your energy and that you're not going to let anyone else control it. Mm, That's a great insight. mm Mm-hmm. Because you might be able to feel someone else's energy, which everyone can. We're all, you know, hopefully sensitive enough to do that. And especially, <laughs> especially as a vector manager, you interview so many people, you get to read people really well and, and read people's energy and just sensing that and knowing that you have the choice of whether you're taking that on or, or not and being aware and conscious of it as well. 
yeah. And just, you know, keeping your positive bubble and hopefully your positive energy will rub off on, <laughs> on those people that are stressed out, you know, and that need that little extra positive energy in their life. Yeah, for sure. I think that's one of the great things about being in Vector is that we, we get to be around mostly positive, encouraging people and at least in, in the leadership team. And that uh, it does help people to maintain that mindset uh, a whole lot more often. So it's cool. So this has been a crazy year here in 2020. Shannon, what's been the biggest gift that's come out of this year for you? My whole life has been crazy and unexpected. So <laughs> I would have to say the, the time that I've been able to really spend with my son has been amazing. They shut down schools in Vancouver and I believe it was in March that they sent all the kids home and just being able to really spend that time to see, you know, how he was learning and what he was learning because I was now teaching it as the teacher when the school shut down was just so amazing for me. So many years, you know, since he was born. I worked so hard and put so many hours in because as a single mom, you know, I was working, I was running a yoga studio, you know, doing consulting and coaching and on top of it, you know, working in corporate business and finance and just, you know, working all those extra hours. So having this extra time to spend with him was just a blessing. And I've learned so much from him. He's like the greatest gift in, in my life. And what, is, uh, what have you learned? What have you learned from writer? Oh my goodness. Like the reason for living the purpose of the world. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> there's so many questions that kids ask that as adults, you know, as like skilled, <laughs> like PhD in philosophy type people even have problems answering. It's like, you know, some of the questions, it's like, why are we here on earth? Mommy, what are we made of? <laughs> um, I remember one of the questions that he asked me, and I think he was three at the time, and it was, Mommy, where does our voice come from? And I was, I think we were driving in the car at the time, and I remember like looking back and I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Because, you know, I remember, well, I took anatomy in university. I took five years of science at the U of S while running an office. So I could answer that anatomically and I could say, well, you know, to my three-year-old, this is like, you know, this is actually what happens. Or it's like, you know, you think, where does our voice come from? So I'm saying these words and, you know, I have these thoughts, but what's actually behind the thought? You know, like there's, there's this consciousness and how do you explain this? Like to a three-year-old that is like pure consciousness, you know, they're not, they're not conditioned as much at that, that time. So yeah. And I just remember I ran, yeah, a whole yoga retreat on that. And I had 25 people there at the retreat and that was the theme, you know, where does your voice come from? Hmm. And another question he asked, he's like, why does the snow sparkle mummy? And, uh, yeah, it's just like all these, all these questions. And when you get to be an adult and, you know, you know, you're in your thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, and you're focused on, you know, life, you forget the simple things like 
where does your voice come from and why are we here? You know, and those questions really just bring you back to, you know, your purpose and to really appreciate life and this gift that we have and be grateful for the simple things. And the simple things are sometimes like the hugest things, <laughs> like just being able to, to laugh at something and have fun. And probably the greatest lesson I've learned from my son and something that I know we're going to do a lot more of <laughs> is just play, you know, being a child at heart. And when we grow up and, you know, get involved in all this life stuff, we forget that life should probably be fun. and that we should probably enjoy, enjoy it 99% of the time. And kids always seem to remind us of that, you know, like just be serious in life, but don't really take it too seriously. You know, it's have fun and enjoy it and play. And just sometimes we need to remember to just like step back and play. (laughs) Indeed. Mm-hmm. That was great insight right there, Shannon. This has been awesome. Thanks so much. What uh, What's most exciting to you about the future? Play. <laughs> spending, yeah, just spending some time in play and just, yeah, remembering to play and remembering to have fun. And I think the more I remember, Vector always had this saying, it was like, work hard, play hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's so important. There's so much more to that. And it's not just like, how about we play hard and then work hard? <laughs> Maybe let's switch that around a lot. And that has to do with that self-care too, right? It's just remember the play, remember the joy, and then, you know, and then that makes us even better in the work hard area. Yes, exactly. Y- you have shared some great perspectives, Shannon, that I think a lot of the audience could stand to hear and consider it's definitely been an insightful conversation. It's been really helpful for me personally, and I'm very grateful for uh, being able to hear your stories and your insights. And so just want to say thank you so much for making time for the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me here. It's uh, It's been a pleasure. And uh, I always credit Vector and Cutco to any challenge that I have to overcome, I can overcome it because the skills that I gained at, at Vector and Cutco. So I'm definitely grateful for for the time that I was able to spend there and all of the amazing lifelong friendships like that I have from from Vector and Cutco. So grateful for for all of those. That's so great to hear. And, and if anyone in the audience wants to follow you or learn more from you, uh, where can they find you? Uh, probably easiest on my website. Um, it's just my name.com, shannonsmadella.com. And uh, they can even contact me through the website there. Okay, great. That's awesome. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Appreciate your time and all of your great insights today. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Dan. That was Shannon Smadella, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Obviously cool to hear that uh, her experiences with Cutco and Vector helped prepare her for many of the things that she did down the road. In particular, one of the things she said was that she fell in love with helping people. And this is a recurring theme that comes up a lot with people who have had particularly a significant management role in Vector and Cutco is that they have that opportunity to help and impact people. Purpose 
in your work is one of the most important things you can find. And for anybody who is currently working in Vector and Cutco, having that purpose of helping people is one of the most significant reasons to stay at a job like this, because it is such a valuable part of what we do, changing lives, obviously. She talked about the concept of inner beauty and considering what are the reasons why people like you or spend time with you. And it just got me thinking about this question of, you know, why do people in your life spend time with you? Are they seeing your inner value? Is that why they want to be around you? Or is there some ulterior motive that they want from you? And on the flip side of that, be someone who focuses on giving to other people, on adding value to other people. I think that's one of the ways that we can build stronger relationships. Shannon talked about being healthy in mind, body, and spirit taking time each day to de-stress, even if it's just five to 10 minutes of meditation. And of course, eating well, being an important part of self-care. These are things we've all heard before, but sometimes it just takes the right person to remind us with the right story where it hits and you really actually incorporate these concepts into your life. She said, emotions are energy. And it's important to get good at protecting your own energy, right? Think about this concept of negative emotions or negativity in general and the importance of getting that out of our systems, right? Most of us, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably pretty fortunate. You probably have a lot of good things happening in your life. And the small daily things that people get upset about are probably not worth getting upset about. And if you find yourself in that situation where you can feel yourself getting upset, take a few minutes, walk outside, do something to break your pattern, right? So that you can separate how you act from how you are feeling. If you listen to the episode with Trent Booth, you probably heard Trent talk about how it's okay to feel a certain way, but it's not always okay to act based on that feeling. You might feel angry, you know, but it's not okay to act angry most of the time. And that's an example of being able to manage and control our own energy. And then, uh, you know, when I asked Shannon about the things she's learned from her young son, Ryder, she talked about the importance of play and having fun. And I just think that's uh, a big part of what life is all about, is that time doing things we enjoy. Work is important, of course. It should be a high priority for everyone because there's value in what we do in our work. There's impact in our work and it provides us with opportunities for lifestyle and all those things, right? But there should always be that element of play and fun in our lives and making sure that we're making time for that on a daily and weekly basis is key as well. Hope you got a lot out of this one. Share it if you like it. Give us a rating or a review on your podcast player. Thanks for supporting the podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.